0: Last Sunday, my brother, Ryan Yoon, was here giving me a break, it was good to hear him and see him. I've been knowing him for a while, so do please continue to pray for him as he finishes up his seminary education. Text for today is from Luke chapter 2, from verses 1 through 6. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken. While Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city, Joseph Joseph, also went up from Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give Birth. Amen. We are familiar with this scene, the birth of Christ. In Luke chapter 2, the long awaited Messiah, the Son of God, is about to come. His coming was not a sudden event, it has been prophesied or predicted from the beginning of human history from the garden and all throughout the old testament but god did not give his people detailed a hundred page report about the coming messiah god gave them bits and pieces of information But when you collect them together, it will form a picture of the Messiah, like mosaic. The oldest prophecy regarding the Messiah, coming Messiah, was in the garden. Genesis 3.15, God said, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. In and of itself, that is the gospel. It is sufficient for sinners to believe and to be saved. But God gives more, but not as much as we want to, no. But throughout the Old Testament, God would give a little bit here and a little bit there, but God gave whole lot in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has so much in it. And apart from any other books, if you only had Isaiah, you are able to believe in Christ, come in Christ the Messiah, with full comprehension. I'll give you a few. Isaiah 9, 6, we read last week. It talks about coming child. But what kind of child? For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. So we are talking about a baby, real human baby. But it says more, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. The baby will be called Mighty God. Eternal Father, what kind of baby is that? That's his name, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So we already have here in Isaiah 9 6 the divine and human nature of the Messiah. A bit of information. Let's go to Isaiah 7 14. Through whom is this baby going to come? Through a virgin. Isaiah 7 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, A virgin, or young woman. Liberals will say young woman to deny the virgin birth of Christ, but for us, it is a virgin. And that Hebrew word, nine times in the Old Testament, each and every time it emphasizes young woman without sexual experience. So behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Immanuel, with us God. So we have this another information. Oh, this baby, Immanuel, God with us, will come through a version. And Isaiah has four servant songs. What is he going to do? The work of Christ. Just one verse for you Isaiah 53. 5. But he was pierced through for our transgression, he was crushed for our iniquities. Nature of his work is what? Suffering. He's going to suffer. Why? Because of us, for us, talks about substitutionary atonement, you see. So from the garden and all throughout the Old Testament, God gives a bit of information here and there. But you've got to pull all these things together and put it together and you will see a picture of Messiah who is about to come. Today, but I want us to think about another piece of information that God gave regarding the location of His birth. We are familiar with that prediction prophecy because in Matthew 2, that's where we hear about. Remember, magi came from the east. They arrived in Jerusalem, saying, "Where is he who has been born King of the Jews?" Where is the question? Where is he? And I was thinking about this this weekend. Thought to myself, these magi—I don't know—we don't know how many, three, but this—they are not wise. This triggered a massacre, if you remember. You don't go to Kim Jong-un and ask him, where is your next president? They went to King Herod and said, where is the king? And Herod probably never read the Bible. So what he does is that he gathers all the theologians in verse 4, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Do you know where? Herod said, I don't know. All the theologians come, you tell me where this Messiah was going to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, without hesitation, without equivocation. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. How can they be so sure? They said, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And they are quoting Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2 says this, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah from you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel, but not any king. Because his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This is not a prophecy regarding a king, but eternal king. So people who read the Bible knew, Micah 5.2, about 750 years before Christ, said Bethlehem is the place. Herod didn't know But everybody else knew. Now, here's the problem. God chose Mary and Joseph who are living in Nazareth. If you look up a map, Nazareth is up in north, 20 miles west of Sea of Galilee. From Nazareth to Jerusalem is about 100 miles south Bethlehem is about five miles away from Jerusalem, southwest. So about 100 miles. So you got to ask this question. There are many predictions regarding coming Messiah. In Micah 5, 2, God said, Bethlehem. Magi asked. The scribes told them, the king, Herod, Bethlehem. But God chose Mary in Nazareth, 100 miles up in north. So you got to ask this question. What happened? Did God miss about 100 miles? Wrong place. Oops. How is then God going to fulfill Micah 5? 2 is the question. Did God make mistake? We cannot say that. Because the coming of Messiah, according to Galatians 4, 4, was but when the fullness of time had come. This was not a random time. God said, okay, pinpoint, Roman Empire, that's when I'm going to send. It took the entire counsel of God in his most holy, wise counsel to appoint a time to send Jesus Christ. And this was the time. So you will never ever say God made a mistake then how is God going to fulfill his own prophecy? Look at verse 1 again. This is how. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. That's how God is going to move Mary and Joseph, who are living in Nazareth, up in north, to move down to Bethlehem to fulfill his own promises in Micah 5 to how? Not by whispering into Mary's ear. Mary, I'm sorry, you, got, you, you need to move down, you need to go to Bethlehem. But by triggering Caesar Augustus, the emperor, the first proper emperor of Roman Empire, thousands of miles away in Rome, and he sent out a decree in Greek, that word is dogma. He sent out, why? To take a census. So everyone, go back to your hometown, ancestors' hometown, and register. By law, the Jews were exempted from serving in Roman army. This was done for the sake of collecting the taxes. Remember SPQR, Mary Beard's book? This same Caesar Augustus was the one who promised pensions to the legionaries, just like today. And It almost bankrupted them. Nazareth was so small, so insignificant, not even the Old Testament mentions that name. It's forgotten. Entire Old Testament never mentions the name, the town Nazareth. But unbeknownst to Caesar Augustus, He sends out a decree, and they go. What I see in that simple verse, verse 1, now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. What I see in that verse is, I see the only and true king of the universe, unseen, his absolute dominion, power, and glory, who alone is truly sovereign. First one talks about Caesar sending out a decree. I need tax money to pay the legionaries or else I'm going to lose the empire. So he sends out a decree but in grand weaving of God's eternal decree it triggered Mary and Joseph to travel down about 100 miles down to Bethlehem to exactly fulfill that promise that was given to Micah about 750 years before Christ's coming. Caesar couldn't see the hand of God, obviously because he was not a Christian. My question is, did Mary see it? When the decree came, they had to obey. Probably there was penalty attached to it. Fine, imprisonment, or something. So this fully pregnant woman travels about 100 miles down on the last minute. She probably knew, along with Joseph, that baby would arrive anytime, anytime. But they had to go. Also, we know that in Luke 2.7, it says, there was no room for them in the inn, the famous verse. No room, which tells us it was not prearranged. They didn't have any power to get a room in that city. And verse 6, Luke 2.6 says, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. It just so happened, while they were there for the registration, for the census, the day came and she gives birth. There's every indication that the parents didn't intentionally, in human way, try to fulfill Micah 5.2. I'm not even sure they knew about it, Micah 5.2. But there's nothing that you will find in the scriptures that they somehow intentionally, oh, I know, Micah 5 two, and God told me that I'm going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Why don't we wait there? Why don't we go down to Bethlehem and wait there to give birth? They didn't have money to spend extra days there, support themselves. So in the last minute, they go down. Now my question, my question is this. Caesar couldn't see it, but God worked through his decree. Mary and Joseph, they are learning as they go. But my question is that, do you see God's working in your life in December 2021? That's the question. It's one thing for Mary or Caesar to miss the hand of God. Sometimes we pity them. How could they? But for us, on this side of the cross, we have the full inscripturated word of God. For us to miss the hand of God in our lives on this last Sunday of 2021 will be a pity for us. Mary's plight. Jesus' earthly parents didn't have any say or connections or power to influence the emperor. They were the provincials from the remotest part of their empire. I remember growing up in Seoul, where I was growing up in the city, a few blocks up, there was a broadcasting company. We knew that because there was a red tower going up so high. And I asked my mom, Mom, what is that? She said, that's the, that's the radio station that broadcasts the gospel to the north. For us, the north is North Korea, China, Russia, and so on. And that broadcasting company name was Far East Broadcasting Company. It's still there. They've been broadcasting the gospel for 60, 70 years now. And I wondered at the time, I remember thinking about Far East. Far from where was my question. Far East. I mean, so Far East. I know I'm in the East, but far is from where. Later on, I learned from the vantage point of the power seat at the time, British Empire. From their vantage point, nearest, near from what? From British Empire, the Britain, Near Eastern, Middle Eastern, and Far Eastern is my hometown forest. And you look at the man, my home country, there's nothing beyond that country. There's Japan. Beyond the sea, where Godzilla comes, you know. When you think about the Roman Empire of the first century, Judea was the farthest border of the empire. To the east was the Sassanian kingdom. Modern day Iran. That's it. That Judea was the Borderline for the Roman Empire. Here's the king, the emperor in Rome, living in luxury. He doesn't care anything about anyone in the empire but himself. It is his empire. He has to hold it together. So he he wants to tax everyone. Here they are in the farthest corner of his empire in Nazareth, that even Old Testament... (laughs) doesn't even record but what is important for us to know is god is more than able to work out his holy and wise counsel using at the time the most important powerful person at the time caesar augustus what that tells me is it's in those days it's it's just one of those days The empire is running, is working, but God is working his decree out in his providential care, unrelated to Mary and Joseph, but God is able to put those Roman emperor and this poor couple in Nazareth, but yet God is able to fulfill his own detailed promises and prophecies that he has given to his people. He could have done it in any other way, but he did that way to tell us God alone is truly sovereign. God is more powerful than Caesar Augustus. I'm in charge. I could, I could use him. I could, I could use him so he could just send out a decree, but his decree is in my eternal decree, is what God is telling us today. What you and I have to do on the last Sunday as we wrap up this year and as we look forward to 2022 is to come to terms with that. God's decree and God's providence. Not somehow God doing his own thing, but when we use the term providence, a couple of things come into play. First is fatherly care. Decree is impersonal in a sense, mechanical. But when it plays out through his providence, God's fatherly care, wisdom, and love, they all come into play for us. If you cannot come to terms with that today, I'm afraid that some of us will remain resentful to God. If we do not recognize God working behind the scenes, you will say, 2021 is a total waste of time. I don't know how and what happened this year. So many unknown things are coming at me from here, from there. I am reacting and I am so angry. I am so angry. I'm so tired. That would be your attitude. Now in those days, in one of those ordinary days, God decided to interject Himself into human history. So that one of those days was the wisest time, God's timing wise. It was planned from all eternity it was the most powerful time that God coming into human history. It was the most anticipated time that even the angels longed to look into. The greatest event in human history about the birth of Savior, the Incarnation, happened in one of those days. Ordinary days that everybody is doing their own thing. Busy themselves. But only few people were able to notice it. Who? Those people God selected and elected and told them about the birth of Christ. Like Magi. The star, they came. Later on in chapter 2, Luke, we hear about the shepherds. Angel shows up and told them to go and worship him. Good news is that you and I are among the chosen. Therefore, as you live and close out this journey, looking forward to 22, most of the people in the world who are not chosen, who are not to them not given this scripture, for them it will be always one of those days. Skies are blue, birds are chirping, People are being born. You are eating your chicken. Just regular ordinary days. No divine interjection in human history. The best that they could do is to hope for the best. That's all they could do. But for us, it is always the day of salvation. You know why? Because God had visited us in human form 2,000 years ago, in one of those days. But God did not leave us and went back. We are not orphans. But God stays with us as Emmanuel. So that day of salvation, that incarnation as you hear about Luke 2, it's not one of those old time stories that happened 2,000 years ago. If we are left alone, yes, we could say that. That happened a long time ago. I don't know where life is going. I don't know where the world is going. But God with us, remember. God came. Through His Spirit, He never left. Christ went up, ascended. But through His Spirit, He resides with us. When everybody else is trying to leave the reality, take a vacation, forget about the reality, numbing themselves with whatever. But God comes into this history, this life, to suffer for us to die for us, to give us his life, and he did not leave us alone. So, which group do you belong to is the question. People who always, who are always fretting about, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. We, by his grace, we know in big picture where this life is headed where this world is headed. But the difference would be if you, by faith, could discern the hand of God, we could trust and rest and work in His sovereign providence. My prayer for you all is that you and I could See beyond what is in front of our eyes. God should give us grace to overcome our disappointments this year. Your plans, some of the plans that you planned, we planned didn't go. And we say, God is not in it. I'm so disappointed. Then you will be like them. But if you could discern the will of God, which is unchangeable, that works itself out through his loving, tender care of our Heavenly Father, then you may say, God is with us and God is for us. And I humbly submit to his will. God, open up my mouth to praise you and worship you would be your stance as you close out this year close out this year and looking forward to 22 knowing that we are in his plan God is working behind the scenes God is working out his own eternal counsel God is still building his church God is doing all things for his glory But God did not leave us alone. So take courage. See it through the eyes of faith and rejoice with the angels, with the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and peace among us. Let that be true for you and me. Let's pray.